Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. With Democrats' party-line spending package expected to be passed by the House and signed into law by President Joe Biden by the end of the week, advocates of electric vehicles are expecting a big win, but some immediate problems. Democrats crafted the EV tax credits included in the bill in a way that, as of right now, not a single car on the market would qualify for. Now, they did that for a reason, and EV advocates say those credits could still be rescued once the bill has been signed into law, thanks to bureaucratic finagling and a special waiver. So to understand exactly how that might work and why Democrats crafted their EV credits like this in the first place, we check in with Politico's Alex Doherty. It's Tuesday, August 9th. So, Alex, Senate Democrats have been scrutinized for how they designed electric vehicle tax credits as part of the reconciliation package they passed over the weekend. So remind us what's the problem here and why it was crafted in this way. So the problem here is, as the bill is written, there's zero electric vehicles currently on sale in the United States that would meet those requirements to get a tax credit of up to $7,500. But it was written in a way, number one, to satisfy Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, but number two, because of his concerns that our electric vehicle supply chains and our electric vehicle battery supply chains are reliant essentially on China and to a lesser extent, some other countries that we don't really have friendly relationships with. So basically what it does is it includes billions of dollars to build out American manufacturing capacity for electric vehicles while also compelling electric vehicle manufacturers to source their supplies from the United States or from U.S. allies to get that tax credit. Right. And basically, there's right now, there's we don't have that supply chain set up. Is That's the problem? Yeah, that's the problem. The solution, if you talk to Joe Manchin, is he wants to will that supply chain into existence. He thinks that with the incentives both to auto manufacturers in terms of new investments and the incentives to get consumers to buy your product, which is the tax credit, that helps get that supply chain online. But that's a big if. Interesting. And you're reporting that there is potentially a bureaucratic way to get around these strict domestic content rules and actually unlock the EV tax credits so U.S. drivers can use them. So what's a potential loophole here? As many things in government, there are ways around problems if you want to find those ways to get around them. And that would be in the form of some kind of waiver. Now, what we don't know right now is obviously this bill hasn't even become law yet. But what you could see here is various auto manufacturers, electric vehicle interests going to the federal government and saying, look, we understand the intention around this legislation to spur domestic production of electric vehicles. We cannot deliver on this now. And what we could see is them saying, hey, we're willing to make steps to make this a reality, but what you need to do is give us time. And what that time will be is likely in the form of some kind of waiver. Right. And so if there is something like this that goes on with the EV tax credits, which agencies do you expect to be involved with granting waivers? 
And how likely do you think it would be that they would be generous in granting them? I know you report that it's difficult for automakers to track their supply chain. So that makes it difficult to verify exactly where everything is coming from. So how does that complicate things? Yeah, in terms of because we're talking about tax credits here, it's likely going to be the IRS is going to be involved in some way. Um, And when you're talking about foreign components coming to the United States, Treasury Department is going to be involved in some way. So those are the two agencies that are likely to be involved. What you see with Buy America waivers for infrastructure projects, it's actually done through OMB. Every individual federal agency, so Department of Transportation being the biggest one of those, goes to OMB and says, hey, we cannot deliver infrastructure projects this summer if we don't have a waiver. And so currently there's a six-month waiver for the Department of Transportation for infrastructure projects. That expires in November, I believe, of this year. And I know a lot of interested groups are trying to extend that waiver even further for this exact same problem of like, look, the supply chains for construction materials rely on China or rely on foreign countries. Therefore, we need this waiver. So that's what you're likely to see in this case. Now, it is a little different because what we're talking about here are folks like state departments of transportation or other government entities going to the federal government and saying, we can't meet this requirement. Versus in this case, it's going to be private companies that are going to be have to make that argument to the federal government. That's likely where the IRS would come in and Treasury Department would come in, where a private company would have to say, you know, here's our battery. Here are the different materials in this battery and here's where they come from. Here's why or why it wouldn't meet the requirements in the reconciliation package. And do we know how political this process of granting waivers would be given There seems to be, I mean, on the administration side, you would think that they might be eager to make access more lenient because electric vehicles are very important to their climate goals. And many of Manchin, who was this was really his influence to make the credits this way, who, again, as you've noted, would probably push back if there was an attempt to get around the way he designed it. Yeah, I think if it was a straight up, we don't want to do this, we don't want to source our electric vehicle components from the United States because it's too expensive or or too hard. I think you'd see some political opposition to that. I think if the automakers and various interest groups are able to show certain kinds of progress of saying, hey, we have different permitting rules in the United States. We have different ways of extracting raw materials that'll end up making the batteries in the United States. That's going to take X amount of time. And here's the progress we're showing to this amount of time. This would likely go through like a federal rulemaking process. So there would be like a formal comment period. Various groups could weigh in and say, yes, the waivers are going to be necessary or else no one's getting a tax credit. Other groups in theory could say, no, there's a way for this this tax credit to work without a waiver. We don't think it should be granted. In the case of the IIJA, the infrastructure law waivers, the public comments were overwhelmingly in favor of granting those waivers because the alternative would be, hey, some projects may not get off the ground as fast as we would have wanted them to. And for Democrats, that's a major policy problem and undercuts the entire reason for passing an infrastructure bill. Also, Growth Energy, a major biofuels group, is calling on the Biden administration to boost ethanol blending beyond 15 billion gallons per year when the EPA issues its new proposal that's expected to set the direction for the nation's renewable fuel standard program for the years ahead. That request is one of five the industry is urging EPA to follow when it issues its proposal no later than November 16th and final rule by June 14th of next year. 
The trade group said it expects the proposal to cover volume obligations for both 2023 and 2024 at a minimum. The upcoming proposal marks a pivotal moment for the RFS program that was first put in place 17 years ago. The so-called set rule is the first time EPA will establish the volumes of biofuels to be blended in the nation's fuel supply entirely on its own, after following statutory numbers established by Congress through 2022. For more news on energy and environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.